For over 20 years, I've had a weight issue that was masking a deeper issue, food addiction. Welcome to Foodiction, a podcast about food addiction recovery. I am your host, Julie Hatch. Welcome, guys. Good morning. Happy to have you with me today. This month, we have three guests that are going to be coming on and sharing their real-life experiences, their expertise and knowledge, their tips. We have Genevieve Campbell coming on, Aaron Hart, and Tanya Wirfs. I can't wait to introduce these women to you. I think you're just going to love them and be able to really relate to them. So just a reminder to check here every Monday, 8 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. I will usually be live or there will be a new episode available for you to listen to. If you would like to support Foodiction, the best way to do that and keep it free is to share the link of the episodes that really resonate with you and share what you gained from listening. Help our audience increase and help people know why you tune in so that they too can um, partake of the value of the Foodiction podcast. That is the best way, and that will help me keep this from free and from needing to set up subscription. (laughs) I really want to share things that are accessible to everybody regardless of money or budget, and so you can really help out and support Foodiction and raising awareness about food addiction and food addiction recovery by sharing the link to the episodes in social media or telling your friends and family about it. Okay. Why am I talking about justification? Because I have hit up against this so, so much. The last time I talked with you, we left off with, I had spiraled very, very badly. So October, we had three family birthdays. We had my husband's birthday, my son's birthday, and my daughter's birthday. I really was, in one way, I was excited because I am I love hanging out with my family. I love bringing them together. But on the other hand, I felt nervous because I knew that there would be cake and goodies, and I knew I would have to practice resistance and avoidance. Oh, right. And this really triggers me. I get, I feel emotional. I feel upset and frustrated when I can't do what everybody else is doing in order to be healthy and not stay on this malicious cycle of food addiction. Oh, it just guts me. And this seems to be the thing that derails me time and time again. It's the holidays and the special occasions, which I am hoping to have a conversation with one of the guests this month. So stay tuned because we can talk more about that topic later. We'll be addressing that on another episode. But for now, I, I want to tell you what happened after October, after the birthdays, because if yes, of course, I gave in, I, I bought cupcakes and I had one bite, which turned into one cupcake, which turned into finishing another person's cupcake, which turned into a complete derail for the next two to three weeks and me having to go to my doctor and learning and discovering that I had gained five pounds. Ugh. 
And the worst part about that is it didn't reflect any of those times that I was victorious or successful. It didn't reflect all of those meals. It didn't reflect all of the effort. Uh, in, in some ways, I expected that the number that of increased weight to be higher than it was, but I still felt the shame that I had to quickly address and dismiss, and I still had to look at what wasn't working and what was broken, <laughs> what is not working. And I noticed that I was doing this thing. So I decided to hop back on and I, oh my goodness, I was just like, I'm going to do this. And so I just totally hunkered down. I found an accountability partner whom I love. She's awesome. And then I also created a binder full of resources that can support me in my journey and help me stay in a positive mindset that would help give me spiritual strength which I think we all need if we're going to overcome addiction of any kind. And that was this binder. Think of it like a vision board, but instead of, instead of reminders of what I'm striving for, it was basically supports to help me achieve what I'm striving for. And it was all in this binder from podcasts and talks to books to I mean, you name it, photos, images, you name it. And then also journal entries, recipes, my menu for the month. It was just this all-inclusive binder. And I was using it, and I still use it. However, life happens. <laughs> and it's very easy to get distracted. And so while I had gone to all the time and energy to put this together, and I do use it, I wish I would use it more often. And I've allowed myself to get distracted. Oh, gosh, I hate that feeling. Okay. So I finally came back with a vengeance and I got off the sugar, got off the flour, purged that from my system. But I was, I've been doing this thing. This is still a, a current issue, guys. This is still something I'm working on. I've noticed I've been justifying poor choices. So it's not that I'm necessarily eating things off plan. And by plan, I mean that I'm pretty much on a common sense whole foods diet plan. I try to eat clean and I only eat three meals a day and I do weigh my food so that I don't have to worry about if I'm eating too much or too little. Um, I love that I can free myself of worrying about that. It's one, one thing less that I have to worry about. Um, one fewer decisions that I have to make. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I've, I'm like, this is actually a good thing. <laughs> but um, I, what I was doing was I was, if I was having a particularly stressful day or if something triggered um, a heavy emotion from my past that still hadn't been resolved, which that did happen this past week. Uh, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but any kind of emotion, whether it's heavy or light, I tend to eat. <laughs> but I justified my food choices and the times that I was eating and the amounts that I was eating. I noticed I was doing this thing, this justification thing. I'm like, what is this? Like, I know better, but really, what is this? And so 
this led me to do some research. And I found this article by Alexis Davis, BA. She did this article called Cognitive Dissonance, Why We Always Justify Our Decisions. And I really, really love this article because not only did it really resonate with me and everything she said is, is just through my experiences has been completely true, but she really helps us understand why, what happens when we justify and why we do it and what we can do differently. So one thing I want to share is what is cognitive dissonance? What is that? So cognitive Cognitive dissonance is when individuals hold two or more contradicting um, beliefs. They feel these beliefs um, psychologically, they they feel uncomfortable with these beliefs and um, resolve the situation by changing their cognitions. So to put this in other words, I'm going to simplify this. It's basically when we are dual-minded. We have two conflicting ideas or beliefs, and and it's uncomfortable to feel that. And so there you go. That's what cognitive dissonance is. It's dual-mindedness, okay? So having dual-mindedness can also lead to committing actions that don't align with our beliefs. This is kind of where I stopped and went, aha, because this justification thing I was feeling uneasy about. Why am I doing this? It doesn't, doesn't feel good to always, always have to justify my actions and my choices. Why am I doing this? I mean, if something were truly in alignment with me and my beliefs, then it would feel good. It wouldn't feel uneasy. It wouldn't feel uncomfortable. I wouldn't need to justify. So what that's telling me is that my choices have not been in alignment with my beliefs. And another way to put that is I've been out of integrity with myself. I've been out of integrity with myself. So if you find that you're justifying, that is an indication that you could be out of integrity with yourself. The worst part about it is that when you're out of integrity with yourself, you can't be really honest with others. You have to be honest with yourself before you can be honest with others. You have to be honest with yourself before you're honest even with God. You have to acknowledge, be able to to look at the problem squarely in the face and acknowledge it instead of trying to justify it or hide it or dismiss it or any of those things, right? The feeling that drives you to reassure yourself that you made the right decision comes down to dissonance spread, which refers to the gap between a chosen and not chosen option, which widens after we make our decisions. In other words, it's the gap between, you know, weighing our pros and cons. It's like that gap, right? And it becomes wider and wider as we weigh those pros and cons. And we usually go with, we end up going with the the pro, the, the one that has more pros than cons, okay? But even then, it takes, I think, a high level of self awareness and honesty to weigh those pros and cons because we can rig it in our favor if we're leaning to one side and trying to dismiss the negative side, right? The cons. 
Dissonance is a lack of agreement, consistency, and or harmony. It is conflict. And we do one or two things. Either we change our actions or we change our beliefs. We appeal to emotion to justify our contradiction of cognition and action. This is really interesting because as I started reading, it talks that she was talking about options for alleviating cognitive dissonance. And there was one that I just thought, and I think we do do these, we vacillate probably between these three anyway, naturally. One is to change one or more beliefs or behaviors to make the relationship between the two congruent. Two, gather new information that surpasses our dissonant beliefs. Three, reduce the importance of the beliefs. Out of those three, I don't know about you, but I feel like most people choose that third one. They reduce the importance of the beliefs to make it easier for themselves to alleviate that discomfort. But that discomfort, i.e. guilt or, or sometimes shame, which I'm not an advocate for shame, but sometimes guilt can be healthy because it propels us to make changes. It can propel us to make, it's just like fear. Fear can be bad and that it can keep you from growing. It can be good if it's protecting you, right? Well, that's kind of the same thing with guilt, but shame is no good. <laughs> Whenever I feel shame, I'm like, oh, okay. I, I either, I think, okay, Julie, you need to do some repenting or seriously, you just need to, um, get rid of that shame and address the problem because shame is horrible and it keeps you on the addiction cycle. We know this, right? But I feel like that's dangerous. Reducing the importance of our beliefs is dangerous. I think it's important to be broad-minded. I think it's important to be open-minded, but once we do our homework and once we do recognize a truth or a principle, straying from it can have consequences. If I reduce the importance of the belief that I can have what I want in moderation, I'm going to stay on my addiction cycle. I'm going to stay on that, guys. There's not going to be a need to change it. All I will have succeeded in doing is getting rid of the guilt surrounding it. But I, it doesn't mean that I'm not tasting or experiencing the consequences the beliefs that we form, we form for a reason. And if they're based upon a principle or a truth, then we're really doing our dis a disservice to ourselves. We're choosing the easy over the hard because we want the immediate gratification or the immediate ease of discomfort or the immediate, we want something that's kind of that like temporary fix. And that's really the way that I view that. But this is such a fantastic article and she's right. I think we do tend to do those three things. You know, I know a lot of people that are, especially in the coaching industry, you'll meet a lot of people who really, really work on changing um, their beliefs, like changing the, the stories in their, in their minds, right? Or they will try to change their behavior and try to form better habits um, I do know people that will gather new information that, that um, will surpass their current understanding. Um, maybe they sense that they 
need to explore this or they don't really know they have an idea, but they don't really know. So it merits a little bit more research. Um, and I actually, I actually don't think that's a bad thing. I actually think it's good for us to learn, but there does come a time when we need to make a decision about the things that we learn. And, um, I found that that was just really, really interesting. So when you look at all of those times, like if you're like me, this is what some of that justification sounded like over, especially over this past week. Nuts are on my plan so I can have as many nuts and fatty foods as I want because they're healthy fats. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Another one is it doesn't hurt if I snack. Okay, guys, this is true. And some of you may not know this because there are some diet plans and there are some dietitians that advocate for this when there is no um, current research that proves or disproves that snacking is healthy for you. There's nothing to back that up. There's absolutely nothing to back this up. In the book, Bright Line Eating by Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson, she addresses this and she says, the problem with snacking is that you end up grazing all day long and you never give your body a chance to really tell you it's hungry because you're always feeding it throughout the day. Not to mention for food addicts, this is especially harmful because what it's doing is it's keeping food on our head, in our minds all day. Excuse me. It's keeping food in our head all day long. And we're having to think about food all day long. And that can really be a, um, that can really be a work against us. That can really be a there's a word I'm looking for, dang it. And I can't think of what that word is, but it doesn't always support us in, in trying to overcome our food addiction. In fact, it more often than not works against us. Um, and I, if I say this all the time and I'll keep saying it, if you have not read her book, even if you don't want to do the plan, at least read it for the education that she provides. She reminds me a lot of Brene Brown. And the reason why so many people like Brene Brown is because she backs up what she says with research. Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson does the same thing. And I gravitate towards authors and professionals who do this. I am almost envious because I wish I try, I try to do the same thing, but I am not as adept at it <laughs> as they are. Um, I unfortunately, and I've had this problem ever since I was little, I do not retain information very well at all. I have a very um, good, uh, let's see, I have a good short-term memory, but a not good, I have a, a weak long-term memory. I don't know. Um, and I had uh, a concussion once that I, I honestly think this concussion that I had kind of messed up my mind, but who knows? You know, I work on it constantly. I share regardless because you know what? When I think of, when I look at all those figures in the Bible of the men and the women that God used, they all had their own weaknesses. And like Moses had a very hard time articulating um, or relaying messages. Um, he struggled with that. You know, each person in the Bible seemed to have their own weaknesses and God used them and they were able to um, do good, 
do good things in the world. And so I think, you know, no one is completely perfect. Everyone has weaknesses and we shouldn't allow that to be the reason that we keep our mouths shut because truly there's probably someone out, someone out there who may need that message that you have that's in your heart. There's a common phrase in the coaching industry that they say that your mess is your message. There's a lot of truth to that. And sometimes just sharing those experiences can help others feel less alone in their journey and inspire them to make positive changes in their lives, right? So this justification thing can be very dangerous. And I have decided after reading this article that anytime I find myself engaging in mental chatter where I'm justifying my choices, I'm going to take that as being out of being out of alignment with myself and being um, out of integrity with myself. I am not in integrity. I'm not standing in integrity in that moment when I'm justifying. And I think that, you know, I've done enough homework and research and classes and all of those things to know better. But I think um, the conflict is the desire I have versus the knowledge I have. Sometimes um, they don't connect and sometimes they don't agree. Um, it's sort of like a battle between your flesh and your spirit, right? <laughs> I think we've all experienced that at one point or another. We've all experienced that. The battle between your flesh, the carnal desires that you have, and the spirit. Ugh, that one's such a a biggie, right? But I think that as we become more aware of what we're feeling and why we feel what we feel, and we take that to God and say, okay, can you help me with this? So I, I can tell you from my personal experiences that with God, truly all things are possible and that even just exercising a mustard seed of faith and experiment, experimenting on his word has produced more miracles in my life than it hasn't. I have had to ask myself a very serious question, which is because I didn't always believe in God. There, there was a, a quite a long period in my life where I didn't. I was angry at him. I wanted nothing to do with him. I lived contrary to his laws and his commandments and his desires. And, um, while I did find temporary pleasure, I never found long lasting pleasure, but even more importantly, I never found the peace that I so desired. And there came a point I asked myself, how is it serving me to believe that there isn't a God versus the times when I have chosen to believe there is a God? Like, what are the differences? And what has brought more blessings and what has brought more consequences? I've had to ask myself that. So, and, and there's times like early on where I just, I didn't know God. I'd never seen him. I certainly didn't read scriptures and study about him or set foot into a church. So for a while there, I had to kind of assume that I, let's just live as if God is real and pretend and see what happens. And boy, oh boy, I mean, miracles started opening up and he took me on a journey that brought me right back to him. God never abandoned me. I abandoned him. And 
there's nothing bad about him. He's love. He's light, which is knowledge. He um, loves us and, and has so much mercy and grace. And yes, he does correct us and chastise us because he loves us and he wants us to learn and grow, right? But yeah, this justification thing, um, definitely, I think it's something I have to nip in the bud if I want to do better. Because right now I am maintaining I'm not losing. I'm not releasing this unnecessary weight on my body that is causing all of these health symptoms. And my goal, my short-term goal is to get off of the blood pressure medication I'm on. But my long-term goal is to truly heal and overcome food addiction. Um, I, and I believe that that's possible and I have seen that manifest in other people's lives. I know it is possible. And even if it weren't, I do believe in miracles. I believe in a God of miracles and I believe that with him, all things are possible just as it says in scripture. So he's proven that to me time and time again. And so I think for me anyway, and this is just my choice and how I, how I plan to address it is to recognize when I am in when I am out of integrity with myself and I am justifying and then to take those justifications to the Lord and add, ask for his strength and um, additional faith and courage to um, address those justifications, to recognize that I'm out of integrity with myself and that I'm out of alignment with myself and to make better choices. So I have to address this. I have to clean up my lines, so to speak. Those of you who are on Bright Line Eating know what I'm talking about. There's, um, I think there's five Bright Lines. I can't remember if there's four or five. I should, re I should review and refresh. But when you keep those lines, we call it, you know, keeping our lines bright. But basically it's, it's sticking to the book. In short, that's really what it is. It's just, you know, going by the book and not steering or straying from it just to make it easier for us. It's a lot easier to say, I can eat this in moderation. And it's a lot easier to snack. And it's a lot easier to justify and to say, yeah, you know, these peanuts are in plan. Who cares how many I eat or when I eat them? It's so easy to do those things. And I think that's why we do it. We don't want hard because hard requires work and it requires often requires sacrifice. So why not try and choose the easy, right? But the easy way so often has consequences attached to it. And the hard way often has blessings attached to it. If you do the work and you stick to the book, then you'll get the benefits. You'll get the results that you're hoping and desiring. Um, I've had a lot of resistance to her vlogs, to Dr. Susan Pierce Thompson's vlogs come up. And I can always tell when, when I'm triggered by what she says. And whenever I'm triggered, I know that that's an area of myself that I need to heal because that's really what a trigger indicates, uh, an, an unhealed part of ourselves, something that needs to be addressed if you want to heal. And I definitely have been triggered. And anytime she advocates for sticking to the plan 100% and never veering, I, uh, I get frustrated because it's hard. And it does take work and consistency and effort and all of those things. It requires 100% effort 100% of the time. But I do believe that if we work through those trigger points and address the things that need to be addressed and quit being triggered by 
by the things that she shares that I know will help us. And so many of the other experts that are, you know, finally addressing food addiction, um, you know, if we choose to, to do those things, we will reap the reward and the benefits and the blessings. I do believe that. And so we have to be willing to, I think we have to be willing to call ourselves out. I think we have to be willing to be self-aware um, and work through our hangups and our weaknesses and do the work that it requires and be consistent if we ever want to heal from food addiction. So that is my message. That is what I'm struggling with. That is what's currently going on with Julie. And probably some of you who are listening can relate that justification thing, man, it's a trap and it's tricky, but now I know better. And now I think I will see it as, wow, I'm justifying again. I must be out of alignment with myself. I must be out of integrity with myself because I do know better. Um, and I have done my homework and my research and things like that. So, um, you know, I think that's the way I'm going to choose to look at that, like a red flag and a warning. Okay. You're justifying Julie. Are you know, I want to be an integrous person and I also want to leave that legacy for my loved ones, but I have to model that and I have to live that way myself. So there you go. There it is in a nutshell. That's been my hang up. And now I have to clean that up, get rid of the justification and do 100%, 100% of the time. <laughs> All right, guys, stay tuned. We have more uh, coming your way every Monday, 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Please, please, please share the links to these episodes and uh, make, make today great, guys. Make today great. Mm -hmm.